Welcome to episode 94 of Cowboys Drive for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and as always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing today? Doing all right. We just uh, finished fixing the nursery up, uh, so I would say we are as ready for baby as we can possibly be. Right. No, I'm, I'm really happy for you guys. Congratulations. If I haven't said it on this podcast already, I know we talked off air about it, but that's a really cool moment in life, and uh, I know that you and your wife are going to be great parents. So I think that's awesome. Well, I'll raise her right. Yeah, no doubt. I got her an orange from day one, right? <laughs> There's plenty of it. Don't worry. Fantastic. All right. Well, what a win for Oklahoma State basketball yesterday. Going to Morgantown, uh, getting back to 500, a, you know, a game that went back and forth, at least for a little bit. It felt like Oklahoma State had an edge for most of the game. West Virginia's press wasn't as prominent as it has been in the past, and Oklahoma State was able to take advantage of it. Um, we saw a lot of good things, and we talked about this a little bit off air before we started recording, but this is a game that even though Oklahoma State won, we saw what we needed to see, which is just progress for everybody. Obviously, Isaac Likely, and we're going to talk about him more in a second, but he was a stud yesterday. Curtis Jones stepped up. We saw Maurice Kalou continue to progress. Contravious Jones finally got back in the game for the first time in like over a month. Uh, and, you know, Cam McGriff had a decent game as well. So we saw a lot that's going to help this team in the long run going in as conference play continues. Yeah, Likely may be a dude. Like, he, he might actually be... You know, we, we've seen good things from him, but he didn't have a turnover. He played his most minutes. He had his highest scoring outage. He shot 7 of 10, 9 of 11 from the free throw line. Like, he's not going to shoot the three a lot, and I'm okay with that. He's a slasher. He's a driver. And when he finishes around the rim, I mean, I, he had he had that dunk in the second half that was, oh. <laughs> that, that That dunk got me out of my seat. And for the moment, I was... was Pretty lazy Saturday for my roommates and I, but I got out of my seat and lost my mind there for a second because I just didn't expect it. But it was awesome to see. And that's when I I went, oh, this guy's a dude. He is going to ball for Oklahoma State for a long time. He's going to be an all-conference guy probably next year. If you it, That would not surprise me at all. You know, he you didn't see it coming. Like he was going to the rim. You thought, okay, he's going to go up the rim and, and, and put it up. And all of a sudden he just jumps and slams it home. And you're like, oh, oh. Uh, where did we find this guy? Exactly. How, how did we have to get him from like UTEP and Fresno? Oh man. Um, he's going to be, if that is his ceiling, if that is what we are, are watching him get to be on a more consistent basis. Ooh, 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 <laughs> Ooh. he's uh but I mean, this is, this is what we wanted to see was progress from these guys. You knew as a young team, as an inexperienced team, likely he's continuing to improve. You know, we mentioned Kalu has looked better and better. You know, I I was one of the people I'll admit it who didn't like seeing Kalu on the floor. He was awful to start the season. He has continued to progress. He hit a three. I was he shot one three and made it. It was I, I couldn't I couldn't believe. It. I think that almost got me more excited than the dunk just <laughs> to see him actually make one. But he has continued to progress. You you, you know Curtis Jones continues to to add value off the bench. Uh, Weathers didn't get to play much of the game. He he. He's got the ankle issue that's going to keep him out. And McGriff had – McGriff continues to have good halves and bad halves. Good halves where he's really, really important to the team and then halves where he just kind of disappears. But, man, the progress we continue to see when one guy goes down, someone else steps up. It it was a really impressive performance. It was. And I know West Virginia's bad, and they were far worse than I think we even realized they were. But – and we said this was the best chance they had for a road win. They got it. Props to OSU. 
I think I think it was a really good win. It was, a, it was an opportunity for a win, and they took advantage of it. And I think that's what's most important. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we'll talk about two of the other juniors here for a second. Uh, Thomas Azago keeps knocking down threes. Yeah, I think he's in the top three in the conference, and he's been impressive. When he's when he's on, he's almost automatic. And I think his ability to uh, play off the dribble a little bit more this year and get to the rim every once in a while, but his passing ability off the dribble has impressed me as well. So I think he's starting to add to his game a little bit. He's still a step too slow on defense for my liking, but he still provides enough value on the floor that when he's hitting shots, it's good to go. But I'm a little concerned about Lindy Waters with how streaky he's been this year. You know, he had a great game against Texas, five threes, and then he comes out and only makes one shot from the floor uh, in this game. And he, I don't even think he took a shot until the second half. Obviously he was great from the free throw line. He has been all season and having a guy like that is crucial, especially at the end of a game for a young team to have a go-to guy, knock down the free throws to ice the game. But I need to see him more aggressive on the offensive end as, you know, when Cam, as Cam, you know, can be streaky sometimes. Isaac Likely's still a freshman. He's going to have his off moments. You need that guy that can just say, give me the ball and let's go. And I just don't see that from him sometimes. I'd love to see him be more aggressive. And I know I've talked about that on the podcast on multiple occasions, but it really needs to happen, especially as we get into the brunt of the conference schedule. You know, his stats weren't great. He was one of eight from the floor, six of six from the line. But I'll say this. I think Boynton is asking a lot more from Waters this year because he's been a a ball handler far more than he ever was his first two years in Stillwater. Right. And that game, while his his stats weren't great, that was the most efficient performance I've seen from him having to handle the ball. With Weathers out, likely played 35 minutes, Waters played 38. When when they asked Waters to be the ball handler, that was the best he had done all year. Absolutely. So so if it I will take him being if if he's having to focus on that role and it means that maybe his shot drops a little bit, I'm okay with it because it, to me, he's still learning how to do both. Mm-hmm. He's still learning how to be essentially a backup point guard. Um, and, and if that's something that he can continue to progress to the point that he can do both effectively, either by the end of the season or, or, you know, next year, that's just, I'll take a couple of games where his shooting's off. If it means that he's that more of a well-rounded player for OSU. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I, you know, I didn't think about that aspect of things, but I think that's a great point. Um, but he did do a good job handling the ball yesterday, only two turnovers, which we've seen way more when he's had to handle the ball consistently. So you'll take that improvement as well. And then another guy, I'm just going to briefly touch on him, but you know, obviously the stats don't show it on the, you know, on the the box score for a guy like Duncan Demuth. But in 12 minutes, he played some fantastic defense. He got rebounds. He hit a couple shots. Made himself a little bit more of an offensive threat, which is. One of the reasons why I feel like I don't like him on the floor at times because he doesn't always provide that. But when he can he can knock down an 8-10 to 10 foot shot every once in a while, that's just fine. We saw that from Mitchell Solomon his freshman year. You can kind of see the parallels between those two guys and why Mike Boynton likes having him on the floor because he can just be that solid defensive presence off the bench. So I like that. I thought he played a great 12 minutes yesterday. Yeah, he, he just continues to look like I mean, he looks like a clone of, of a clone of Solomon. Like He looks like that's his trajectory. And if that's his trajectory... There's enough talent on this team that they don't need him to be that right away. If it right. takes him two years to get to it, that's okay. Because there's other freshmen developing faster. And if 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 Demuth is a guy who plays nine ten minutes, and think about this next year for him, um, they're probably going to need even less from him if you know the Boone twins are what we think they are. Right. So if he can continue to develop and just be that 
grind, fill a few minutes, hit a couple shots, play great defense, go for the ball, and 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 clean things up inside for him and grab rebounds. Then I'm I'm okay with that. You need that guy off the bench. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're seeing some good team, good things from this team, and obviously there's another great opportunity to win a game on Monday uh, against Baylor. Uh, coming off a loss against Kansas, and this is another game that Oklahoma State should be able to win, but even though it's felt like Baylor's had their number for a long time, like Oklahoma State has had the number of West Virginia, especially on the road. Uh, if you're a student at Oklahoma State, get to Gallagher-Iber Arena. You're back, in, you're back at school. Uh, classes start. De-stress de- a little bit with the start of the semester and get to Gallagher-Iber Arena. Go watch the game. Be loud. It's, this, that's what this team needs right now. Yeah. OSU's lost six straight to Baylor, and for some reason Baylor just uh, – and they've they've been close games. Like the, there've been a lot of close games where OSU just can't get over the hump. Over and these haven't been like great Baylor squads, where they just can't seem to do it. But you get a Baylor team coming into Gallagher Iba. You've won back two in a row. They just lost to Kansas, and they just lost their second leading scorer for the season. Um, he he got hurt in the Kansas game. He's going to have to have surgery. He's out. So their first game without their second leading scorer, uh, Tristan Clark. This is a prime opportunity for Oklahoma State to get a win because the wins in the Big 12 this year are going to be scarce if this is too good of an opportunity to miss out on. Baylor's not great this year. They're they're getting, just as they were getting healthy, they're starting to play better. They're not great. This is an opportunity for a win. It's a big one, and it's one the Cowboys really need. And I agree, Joel. School starts Monday, guys. Get to Gallagher-Iba and be loud like let help them get over the hump get over 500 get back to a winning record and the other interesting thing is if they can win this game this will be the first time mike boynton has had a winning record in big 12 play didn't happen last year hasn't happened so far if they can get this win they'll be three and two in the big 12 it would be huge huge for oklahoma state to have any shot at at any sort of postseason Absolutely. This is, I wouldn't necessarily call this a must win game because of how early it is in the season, but this is a huge get win just for some momentum as conference play continues. Cause as we both know, and we've watched it for years, this conference is a gauntlet. You have to take every win you possibly can get. And especially for a young team that we really only think will win five to six games, if maybe seven. This is a game that could keep that trajectory moving forward to keeping and somehow winning these conference games and keeping themselves in games. And it's not like Oklahoma State's played bad in conference play. They've played, I think every game has been within 10 points, obviously. So this is another game that Oklahoma State can win. And without their second leading scorer, Tristan Clark, I feel okay about Oklahoma State defensively being able to handle Baylor. My issue is going to be on the offensive end. Baylor's 1 3 1 zone. Oklahoma State has had, it's given Oklahoma State fits for the last three years. And this is a game that Oklahoma State, if they can find a way to score against that zone, then I feel pretty good about this game at Oklahoma State being able to get a winning record in conference. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be a close game. It's this is not going to be a blowout either way. No. It's going to come down to the final minutes. If that if that crowd can be allowed for OSU, it can it can do a lot for the team. It can be the difference in a game like this. So I for those in Stillwater or close to, I really hope you can go. I live in Arkansas. I'm about to have a kid. I can't justify a day off to drive Stillwater for a day, or I would be there in a heartbeat. But man, this is such a this is one of the few remaining really good opportunities. Because think of it this way: Baylor and West Virginia are the other two teams you think are going to finish at the bottom of the conference with Oklahoma State. When you get those teams at home, you have to win those games. Like you just you just have to. Absolutely, I'm really excited for this one. I will be there. Uh, I will be loud. 
I will probably be profane in some aspects, so I apologize to anyone that ends up sitting around me. If you're listening to the podcast, feel free to give me crap for it if it's uh, if you're around me. But you know, I'm excited. It's going to be a really fun time. Galgrave is just such a fun place, and with only a few home games left uh, this season, I'm going to try and enjoy my last season in Galgrave. So this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm excited for it. Uh, you know, good way to start the semester: go to class and then go to a basketball game. Not a bad way to start the day. Um, all right, let's move into a little bit of football here. So we've had a couple co- couple talking points here. So Israel Antoine, a defensive lineman from Colorado, is transferring in to Oklahoma State, which is inter- interesting because he was originally an Oklahoma State commit and then flipped to Colorado. But with the coaching change, he's decided to come back and play for the Cowboys, uh, hopefully this coming season with a, a hardship waiver, which I believe they're going to file. So he might be eligible immediately. Uh, this is a huge commitment, and this is a huge player uh, that can come in and make an early impact for the Cowboys. Obviously, with a you know a thin defensive line, he's a guy that can make an early impact. Yeah, uh, Scott Wright of the Oklahoman uh, is reporting that the Cowboys really think they have a shot to for him to be eligible next year. They've they've told him that um, Antoine's already on campus. This this so it, what's interesting about this is a it gives you experience depth, which is what they need on the defensive line. Antoine was a guy people really thought was going to be at OSU last year. He flipped the day before signing day to Colorado, and it, and it kind of stung. It was kind of surprising to see it happen. He wanted to be able to play immediately. Well, he's Colorado coaching change. They have seen they've had a lot of defensive linemen transfer out, and so he's coming back home. And I, I think I think he can really, really add value to a line where your six guys are gone. Like, six guys are gone. He was the... Basically, he was named like the, the the best freshman for Colorado last year. He got a what was that award that uh, they the gave Lee, him? Lee Willard Award for most Colorado most Colorado. Yeah, most of had sixteen tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, nine quarterback hurries. Like he's going to be an immediate impact guy when he shows up. He's going to be able to provide depth of experience, which is what they need. Now he counts against the twenty nineteen scholarship count. They had three left. He takes away one of them. That leaves them two. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But this is what OSU wanted to use a couple of those for. They know they have to get immediate impact guys on the defensive line. Yeah, Antoine he, is one. Hopefully we can get uh, Fanua, uh, the, the Juco deep defensive end. And, and I feel like this would be a good class if they get both of them. Absolutely. You provide a little bit of experience and depth to a very thin defensive line. And you feel pretty good about the defense next year, at least a little bit better considering how experienced the secondary is going to be. Uh, I think the defense is shaping up to be decent, especially if Antoine and Fanua end up playing for Oklahoma State next season. Yeah. I'm Antoine, he was pretty good at Colorado. I think he'll be uh, – he, he's going to be a very, very nice addition. Um, you know, you, you, a year later than they hoped he'd be here, but it's, it's good to see he's in Stillwater now. Absolutely. And then – so then, the, like I said, we talked about Fanua possibly getting one of those scholarships, Antoine – and there's one left, and hopefully tomorrow we will find out that Oklahoma State will land uh, running back DeAndre Glass. We've talked about him a bunch on the podcast in September. Uh, he is announcing his commitment tomorrow. Uh, if he commits to Oklahoma State, he will be the highest-rated guy ahead of Grayson Boomer in the class. And 24-7 sports, the crystal ball predictions, there's 13 of them on the site right now, and all of them have Oklahoma State as their prediction. So it's looking like there's a good chance he ends up in Stillwater for next season and that would be a huge get for this team uh you pair him with chuba hubbard and that's going to be a great backfield i don't want to speculate too much i don't want to get 
my hopes up too much, but man, that would be an awesome get for the Cowboys. Yeah, look, he'd be the most talented guy in the class, um, and he would look. Glass is the talent is the is the level of talent who would immediately come in and play. This is not a red shirt, and I I would say he would probably be number two behind Chuba once he shows up on campus. I mean, unless he just screws up or or comes in out of shape or is not what he's we all expect of him. Um, I think he's good enough to to take number two uh, behind Chuba next year as a true freshman, um, and I think that's that's how good he is. He's he's announcing on Monday at the Blue Gray All American Game. I think it's, he's supposed to announce around noon sometime. So um, we're, we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on that. Um, it's just this is this is one of those situations where Oklahoma State always says we we go after the ones we think we can get. They have worked their tail off to land this kid. So everybody who goes, oh, they don't even try. They just go settle for three stars. No, they go for the ones they think they can get. They've thought they could get glass. They've worked their tail off to get glass. Things have broken their way. You know, the guys that were supposed to go to Alabama went to Alabama. Um, so he's not likely going there. Miami seemed interested. Some changes happened there. And, and I'll be honest, I've been one of the ones who has been kind of negative saying, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to happen because Oklahoma State has kind of felt like his his backup option. Um, but it it seems like at this point, unless something Texas has done something to really really sway him to Austin, that Oklahoma State's gonna is gonna be very happy on Monday afternoon, um, and and they should be. The kid's super talented. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking, and I think there are three or four guys that write for 24/7 that cover Horns 24/7, the Texas affiliate for the site, and they have Oklahoma State as their prediction. So maybe even people in Austin aren't necessarily convinced either. So it's going to be a very interesting day tomorrow when Glass decides to commit and where he ends up going. So we're, we have a lot to talk about here, and it will be very exciting for this team, very exciting for this class, and what it will do to Oklahoma State's rankings. And we'll see where it goes. But this is, a, this is an addition that could mean a lot for this team moving forward. And like I said, man, you pair Chuba and Glass with you know possibly a third running back like Jackson, uh, that's a very good backfield breaking in a new quarterback next season. Yeah, because uh, you have Jackson who comes in, uh, the Juco kid, and you still have L- uh, L.D. Brown on, on the roster. And I, I again, I like L.D. Brown as a third option. I I do. I, I think there's ways they could incorporate him more than they do. I think he's a guy who's got good hands and, and could be used in the slot, to be honest. Um, but Glass is a come-in-and-immediately-play kind of guy, and OSU can offer that. They came. They've got a spot to essentially say, like, look, you come in next year. There's a very good chance you're you can play, you can challenge for playing time. Be that the third spot, second spot. But I think if if he's in OSU next year, he's probably second behind Chuba. Yeah, that's that's my thought as well. So it's a it's a spot where he can come in and play right away, and he can make an immediate impact, which is what Oklahoma State needs. So I love it. Uh, I'm very excited, and we'll see what happens about noon tomorrow for DeAndre Glass. Uh, do you have any final thoughts here, Philip? No, like we said before, we'll say it again. If you're in Stillwater on Monday, can get to the Gallagher for that for that Monday night game against Baylor. Do it. I mean, it's if you haven't been yet, you should. It it should be pretty loud. It should be pretty raucous. It, it that's a game they've got to win, and they need the fans there to help them out. Absolutely, you can see the impact in Gallagher is palpable, and when the fans are there and it's rowdy, the team plays better. It's just it's how it always is. Uh, in Stillwater at Gallagher Arena. If you've never been, go. Um, if you have been, just go back and be rowdy. You know what to do. 
my final thought, uh, shout out to Oklahoma State Wrestling. Uh, two wins, this, two uh, dual wins this weekend against Princeton yesterday and then Rutgers earlier today. Uh, the match against Rutgers got a little chippy, and we'll talk about that later this week. Wednesday, Phillip will not be here, but Brandon Kane, new writer for Cowboys Ride for Free and our wrestling guy, is going to come on, and we're going to talk about Oklahoma State Wrestling, give them a little more airtime here. Uh, as, you know, we've done. I've tried to do it a little bit, but they they deserve a little bit more. So that's what all of next podcast will be about. Uh, we're very excited about that. Brandon's done a lot of good work for us since he joined about a week and a half ago. So we'll be glad to get him on the podcast here. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter, Philip? You can follow me at OKTXAR Poke. You can also follow my show, the Ten Twelve. We are back live this week. It's at T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. We will be back. We will be looking uh, to see what DeAndre Glass does tomorrow. We'll have something up for that, hopefully at Facebook Live maybe. We'll figure something out. Either way, this is big news if he ends up coming to Oklahoma State. And then be ready for the podcast uh, next Thursday. Uh, we're talking about Cowboy Wrestling. So have a good one, everybody, and we will see you all then. <laughs>